Located just an hour north of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, is a spring-fed lake known as the Dutch Springs. In 1980, the Dutch Springs opened up as a scuba diving and aqua park. With a wide variety of many underwater attractions, this location has become very popular since its opening and entices more than 35,000 divers per year. But behind the friendly staff and summer vacation vibes, Dutch Springs hides a terrible secret. Since the first recorded death in the park in 1986, there have been at least 18 deaths, about one death every two years. What are all the causes of these deaths, and what makes the Dutch Springs so deadly? Find out on this week's episode of Narcosis Into the Deep. Hi everyone, I'm your host Alex and welcome back to Narcosis Into the Deep. This week I'm covering the Dutch Springs and first I'm going to give you some more background on the park, how some of these deaths occurred, and finally some potential ways that these deaths could have been avoided. Before opening its doors as an aqua park in 1980, the lands changed hands many times. And from the Dutch Springs website, in 1933, the National Portland Cement Company purchased about 300 acres from several farms in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. By 1935, the company had completed construction of a cement plant and began mining the adjacent limestone for use in cement manufacturing. Soon after the mining started, the quarry began to flood, and it became necessary to pump water out to keep the quarry operating. When mining operations were stopped during World War II, the water rose again. When the company was ready to resume mining after the war, the quarry was completely flooded and had been pumped dry. The quarry continued supplying limestone until the 1970s when National Portland Cement went out of business. When operations ended and the pumps were shut off, the quarry, now as deep as 100 feet in some areas, flooded again becoming a 50-acre lake. In 1980, the property was purchased and converted into one of the largest freshwater scuba diving facilities in the country. Dutch Springs is spring-fed from an underground aquifer that seeps through the limestone, filtering it to provide 20 to 30 foot visibility, which makes it ideal for scuba diving. Since its opening in 1980, Dutch Springs has continued to sink different types of vehicles in the lake to promote its scuba diving business. Divers can dive the old pump house, pier, and see sunken vehicles like a school bus, fire truck, army 6x6 truck, and even airplanes. Depending on the attraction you're visiting, these vehicles range from about 20 feet to 90 feet, or 6 meters to 27.4 meters below the surface. Divers will also see an array of aquatic life such as largemouth bass, rainbow trout, koi, freshwater sponges, and many more. In the hot summer months of 2013, on August 18th, Eugene Fleischer entered the cold waters of the aquapark, looking to dive some of the many attractions the location hosted. 
Eugene Fleischer was born in Ukraine, but lived his adolescent and adult years in Fanwood, New Jersey with his parents and sister, before later moving to Saddlebrook, New Jersey. Eugene was employed at the Yonkers Police Department in New York and, outside of work, had many hobbies. He was a licensed pilot, but his heart belonged to underwater adventures. My brother loved doing this, Risa, Eugene's sister, had told The Morning Call, a local Pennsylvania newspaper. Eugene had been a diver for over 10 years, had extensive training and experience, and used, quote, top-notch equipment, end quote. His sister says he was meticulous with every single detail, and to him, safety was number one. But on that fateful August day, Eugene would not return to the surface alive. Initial reports of his death are vague, but according to the autopsy report, Eugene's death is attributed to, quote, poorly maintained and maladjusted equipment, end quote. A local certified diving instructor and trainer told investigators that the death should be attributed to operator error. According to eyewitnesses at the scene, Eugene was not diving alone, as some of the initial newspaper reports had hinted at. Eugene had suddenly experienced some issues while underwater and signaled to his diving buddy to go up towards the surface. During his ascent, Eugene lost consciousness and began to descend back down into the water. During this quote-unquote fall, Eugene hit his head on one of the underwater platforms. His diving buddy rushed to his aid, pulled him to the surface, and immediately called for help. Eugene was pulled onto a nearby dock, and CPR was initiated while awaiting for an ambulance to arrive. Unfortunately, emergency services would not prove to be enough to save Eugene's life, and he died at the young age of 38. Christine Masaryk of Philadelphia, at 22 years old, was the first person to die during a diving accident at the Dutch Springs in 1986. In 2009, Paula Brody, 47, of Whitehaven, Pennsylvania, drowned at the park. On July 7, 2015, 16-year-old Kyle Klump drowned after coming under distress during a dive with his father. June 16, 2018, Laura J. Murphy, 41, was found submerged and unresponsive. On December 29, 2018, Isidore Poplowski was reported missing around 11.45 p.m. It took almost five full days to find and recover his body. He was pulled from the waters around 3.15 a.m. on January 3, 2019, another accidental drowning. These are just some of the deaths that have occurred at the park since its opening in 1980, but this begs the question, why? What is causing all of these deaths, and what has the park done about it? Most importantly, what can divers do to protect themselves during a dive at the Dutch Springs? Are you searching for a new true crime podcast to listen to? Then search no further than Military True Crime Addict, David Kokish walks you through a plethora of actual military true crime stories that have never been reported on by news outlets or media. Each episode features a detailed account of true crime that in some way relates to our military, veterans, and their extended families. 
There will also be an abundance of episodes on serial killers with a military background that you will not believe. Military True Crime Addict provides a voice to victims so you can hear their side of the story and it raises awareness for the terrible crimes and those most impacted. You don't need to know anything about the military to enjoy this podcast, so what are you waiting for? Go listen to Military True Crime Addict now. Although most of these dives were not reported in much detail, a consistent theme played along each article. Distress resulting in accidental drowning. Diving experts say a number of factors typically contribute to accidents and deaths. These include complacency, panic, medical problems, or disobeying the sport's number one rule, diving with a buddy. The Divers Network, which compiles reports on deaths submitted to it from around the world, say common factors associated with fatalities include running out of gas, entrapment or entanglement, buoyancy control, equipment misuse, rough water, and emergency ascent. It says asphyxia by drowning, air embolism, and cardiac events were the principal injuries or causes of death. At Dutch Springs, there have been 18 deaths since 1986. Now, it's difficult to determine if this is a high or low number of deaths for one diving area. Because there's no regulatory agency overseeing the sport, statistics on diving deaths aren't readily available. Divers at the Dutch Springs typically descend to 45 to 60 feet, or 13.7 meters to 18.3 meters, and some divers will do up to four or five dives in a day. To help mitigate the risks at Dutch Springs, every diver must read and sign a waiver upon entering the park or via the Dutch Springs website. They must also show proof of a diving certification by a nationally recognized agency. Staff at the park check the waiver forms and certification cards before allowing any divers onto the property. Inside and around the water, up to four or five dive masters or instructors are on hand to patrol the shores and look for signs of inexperience or trouble. The park also has emergency medical technicians and paramedics on site as well as a safety boat. Another way the park helps mitigate risk is by prohibiting solo diving. Solo diving is not allowed except for those with a solo diving certification card. Those divers must provide additional paperwork, use a dive locator or a sort of tracking device, as well as submit a dive plan. This dive plan will help tell the park where that diver plans to go during his trip so that if he does not return, they know where to look for him. Although a certification card shows you took the course, it doesn't tell the park or any other commercial diving agency what level of skill, knowledge, and comfort the diver has. Although there can be some variance, a lot of certification courses take about six to eight weeks to complete. Open water certification courses require both classroom and pool training. However, some trading agencies are offering certification courses that last a weekend and these divers can be ill-prepared for encountering scuba diving dangers. James LaPenta, who is a diving instructor near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, says, quote, 
Scuba diving is not an inherently safe activity. It is marketed as such by entities in order to not scare off potential customers. New divers are led to believe that a guide, dive master, or instructor will keep them safe. The training they receive has been dumbed down over the years in order to maximize profits." End quote. Chris Richardson, a diving instructor trainer from Georgia, who also sits on the board of directors for the National Association of Underwater Instructors, says that in some respects, the industry has become less disciplined in its training. Dutch Springs is a notoriously popular location for new and experienced divers. It offers good visibility and interesting items to explore in a relatively controlled diving location. It makes sense that a lot of new, inexperienced divers head here in order to get their feet wet and get more comfortable with diving before heading out into more open waters. But depending on the quality of training the new divers have received, it might not be enough. Although no signs are posted to indicate the number of fatalities the park has had as a way to drive home warnings about the dangers, the park does as much as they can to mitigate risks and their system allows quick activation of emergency services should there be any issues. Lay County Coroner Scott Grimm, whose office has investigated at least three of the deaths over the years, said that in cases he's investigated, there was, quote, no indication of wrongdoing on anyone's part, end quote. Scott, who has also been on dives at the Dutch Springs, calls it a very safe environment. He says, quote, I look at it this way. They supply a product or a service, just like a ski slope. They provide the slope and the snow. I ski down and have fun. If I hit a tree, that's my fault, end quote. Northampton County Coroner Zachary Lissick said that during the death investigation his office has done at Dutch Springs, the park and its staff has been very cooperative. Quote, I have found that they have adequately warned the divers about the dangers and had adequate safety measures. It's a high-risk recreational activity. You make one mistake, it's not forgiving. End quote. Chris Richardson, who again is a diving instructor trainer from Georgia, said that no matter how much training a person gets, how well the main Chris Richardson, who again is a diving instructor trainer, said no matter how much training a person gets, how well they maintain their equipment, and how many times they've plunged into the water with scuba gear, risks will always exist. Quote, it is fun. It can be easy and as safe as possible given the environment. However, you need the right training and attitude. No matter how much we market diving as safe and fun and easy, deep inside every person's brain where fear resides, the majority of people know that you can die while diving." End quote. As mentioned throughout the episode, it's important to ensure that you receive proper training prior to diving. Not only do you need to know what the equipment is or what it does, you need to be able to use it comfortably. Without a decent comfort level, deaths can occur even in the shallow lakes in a relatively controlled environment. It's not just a deep, dark, and cramped cave that can kill you. 
As with any other thrill-seeking hobby, scuba diving comes with inherent risks. But proper training, equipment maintenance, and awareness can help reduce those risks and make for an enjoyable and safe diving adventure. I know that this episode can sound a little scary because we're talking about a shallow lake and a lot of deaths. 18 deaths since 1986 does sound like quite a bit, but I want you to remember that this park has over 35,000 visitors per year. I've talked about dive gear maintenance before in another episode, but because Eugene Fleischer's death is attributed to improper equipment care, I want to briefly mention it again on this episode. It's important to check your gear before and after each dive. I'm going to be linking a great article on pre and post dive scuba gear care, and I really think you should check it out. It easily and quickly breaks down everything that you need to look for and do and why you should do it. Not only does it mention the things to look out for, but it also mentions what happens if a specific part breaks to give perspective on why it's important to maintain that piece. It's a truly great article, so make sure you check it out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Narcosis Into the Deep. I'm your host, Alex, and if you have any questions on this week's episode, you can head over to my Instagram page, at NarcosisPod, or to my Discord server. If you want to support the podcast, there's always Patreon or sharing this podcast with a friend. The Patreon is just $3 a month or the price of one coffee, and you get access to a lot of perks such as voting on what to hear next, exclusive updates, and a shout-out at the end of the next episode, as well as 10% off podcast merchandise. Thanks again, and I'll see you all next week. Thank you.